Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Most high. God, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Praise God. Welcome today. If you have your Bible with you, uh, Proverbs chapter 31. Proverbs chapter 31. We're going to read 10 verses, starting with verse 1. And uh, amen. God has been good. Pray for Brother Brown. He's preaching out uh, this morning. And uh, we're grateful that he had the opportunity to be able to do that. Proverbs chapter 3. And uh, a little in advance, um, I kind of apologize, but don't really apologize that I'm not jumping on to everybody else's bandwagon. Proverbs chapter 3, starting at verse 1, it says, My son, forget not my law, but let thine heart keep my commandments. For length of days and long life and peace shall they add to thee. Let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them upon thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. So shalt thou find favor and good understanding in the sight of God and man. Verse 5 is very key. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Be not wise in thine own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It shall be health to thy navel and marrow to thy bones. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with, with the first fruits of thine increase. So shall thou, th thy barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. From these scriptures, and some I'm going to give you in just a little bit, I'm going to use this for a title, The Signs of the Times. The Signs of the Times. If I could kind of add a little bit of a byline to that, but I'm not worried. But I'm not worried. Lord Jesus, touch us today. Let us feel your presence. Thank you for all those that were able to make it out to service. I'm asking that you would give them a hundredfold blessings for what you have, uh, for them coming out and for your blessings upon their life, that you would bless them a hundredfold, do a great work in their lives. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, I'm going to start out with a little bit of, a, I guess, an illustration or just a thought. And I don't know if many of you know this. I think I used this illustration many years ago, but I, I was drawn to it again the other day. And some of you may know this. Some of you probably don't. Most of you probably don't. But the U.S. United States Standard Railroad Gauge, or the distance between the two rails, how... How many have ever gone on a train? You've ever gone on a train? And most of you probably don't know this, but the distance between the two rails is exactly four feet, eight and one-half inches. From one metal rail to the other metal rail is four feet, eight and one-half inches exactly. It's kind of a strange number, and 
they go off of the way that the rails or trail, the, um, you know, the, the trams and whatnot that were in England, they go off of how they were built. And so it was the English influence upon our railroads is how they were built, the width that the rails were. So why did the English build their rails with such an odd measurement? The same people that built the pre-railroad, the tramways, so forth, built their rails with that same gauge, exactly four feet, eight and one-half inches. And why did they build those like that? The tramways reused the same jigs or the same tools, the same measurement that been, had been used for building wagons, which used the same wheel spacing, four feet, eight and one-half inches. And why did the wagons have that particularly odd wheel spacing? The spacing... If the spacing had been different, the wagon wheels would have broken on some of the old roads that were uh, long-distance roads in England, which incidentally had wheel ruts that were the same exact spacing. So who built the old rutted roads? The Imperial Roman Empire built the first roads in England thousands of years ago. And these roads can still be walked on today. The ruts or the spacing is exactly four feet, eight and one-half inches. Because the Roman war chariots made the imperial ruts or the initial ruts, every one of them had to match for fear of destroying the wagon wheels and the wagons. Since the chariots were made for and by the imperial realm, they were all alike in their wheel spacing. So the U.S. standard rail gauge of four, uh, four feet, eight and one-half inches comes from the original specifications of the imperial Roman war chariot. This is a classic example of conditioning. What we've done, we will always do. But there's an interesting twist to this. Why was that spacing chosen years ago by the Romans? The fact is very simple. The next time you hear uh, some instructions or some idea and you wonder, excuse me for the phrase, what horse's rear end came up with this? You will begin to understand what we're talking about. Because the imperial Roman war chariots were made just wide enough, are you listening, four feet, eight and one half inches to accommodate the rear end of two war horses. And so where we get our railroads today comes from that whole idea. How wide are the horses' rear ends? 
We are living in a time of great uncertainty, aren't we? If you were to go to most grocery stores today and go down the paper aisles, you will find that it's pretty hard to find toilet paper. Somebody was telling me this morning how that they went shopping. They wanted to make a three-bean salad the other day, and as she walked down the aisle, there was only one, one can, one can of the type beans that she needed, and when she went to reach for that, the person that was near her looked at her with an evil eye like she was doing something evil. But she took it anyhow and said, It's my can of beans. And I'm, I'm not trying to somehow put down what's happening in our society. I know it's serious. But in all honesty regarding the coronavirus, just don't get me started. I'll probably address some of that by default in a little bit. But looking at Romans chapter, I'm not Romans, sorry, Luke chapter 21, starting at verse 5, it says, As for these things which you behold... The days will come in the which there shall not be left one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. And they ask him, saying, Master, but what shall these things be, or when shall these things be? And what sign will be when these things shall come to pass? And he said, Take heed, heed, take heed that no man deceive you or that you be not deceived. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ. And in that time, or the time will draw near, go ye not after them, the scripture says, verse 9. But when you shall hear of wars and commotions, be not terrified, for these things must first come to pass, but the end is not by and by. Then said he unto them, Nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. And great earthquakes for those in the Puerto Rico regions and those islands know too well. And great earthquakes shall be in diverse places and famines and pestilence and fearful sights and great signs shall there be from heaven. Notice the next verse it says, But before all these things, they shall lay their hands on you and persecute you and deliver you up into the synagogues and unto prisons, being brought before kings and rulers for my name's sake. And verse 13 says, and it shall turn, and it shall turn to you for a testimony. I'm skipping to verse 16. And you shall be betrayed both by parents and brethren and kinsfolk and friends, and some of you shall they cause to be put to death, verse 17. And you shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. I love verse 18. But there shall not an hair of your head perish. Somebody needs to underline that in your Bible, highlight it in your Bible where it says, But there shall not an hair of your head perish. And there shall be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, the stress of nations with perplexity. The sea and the waves roaring. Men's, notice this, men's hearts failing them for fear and looking for those things which are coming upon the earth. For the powers of heaven shall be shaken. 
in the book of Daniel, Daniel called it a time of trouble. In Daniel 12 and 1, and I'm just setting a foundation, so stick with me for a few moments. And at that time shall Michael stand up, the great prince, which standeth for the children of my people. And there shall be a time of trouble, such as was, was never, or as is never since there were nations, even to the same time. And at the time thy people shall be delivered, every one shall be found written in the book. Many people today are very fearful about the future. What's going to happen to our jobs? How are we going to have money to pay our bills? What about our investments? For those of you that have jobs where they, if, if you're getting the next couple weeks off because school is closed and you might not get a paycheck that you normally expect to get and that you normally do get. And how are you going to pay your rent payment, your mortgage payment? How are you going to buy food? What will happen, you know, they talk about the nuclear fallout in Japan and how it might taint our water systems. We can't really have full control over our families today because of the governmental agencies like DCF and the school system and the present laws that are in effect. Tornadoes killing hundreds across the Midwest, flooding earthquakes, uh, as I mentioned a moment ago, earthquakes in Puerto Rico. In Luke 21, 28, it says, And when these things begin to come to pass, uh, look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draw nigh. I am someone that believes that God is able to protect us. Now, with that said, I don't think we should go out and be stupid. But God is able to protect us, Brother Sam. If this gets too loud, feel free to turn it down, at least on the mains. But it says, and when these things begin to come to, come to pass, then look up and lift up your heads, for your redemption draweth nigh. We have a God that is able to walk side by side with us and take us through the worst storms where they will not affect us the way that it, they affect everyone else. The overall uncertainty and fear is growing rapidly. Although I am concerned, I am in all honesty with you today, I am not worried because even under any circumstance my God is able to keep me and my God is able to keep you just because many are saying the sky is falling doesn't mean that the sky is falling just because, because others say the world is in trouble and yes in many ways it is doesn't mean that my world is in trouble I don't have to fall into the same rut as everybody else is falling into. The Bible says we are more than conquerors. And I believe that with all my heart today that God trusts his people and we can trust our God. Would somebody say amen? In 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, it says, For God hath not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. 
uh, just what maybe a month or so ago, when when we flew out to uh, uh, to go on the the retreat that the church paid for my wife and I, I, I remember walking down the the aisle of the airplane, and and as I looked, there's a lady sitting in our seat, and and I looked and I said, "Ma'am, I'm sorry, but those are our seats." And and uh, she got up and said, "Oh, I'm so sorry. I must be the row ahead." And and as she got up, she said, "Oh, by the way, I sanitized the seat, uh, so it's all clean." for you. I saw people wearing masks and avoiding trying to avoid the crowds and all and that was over a month ago. I, I can't imagine what it's like today. And again, I'm not s- suggesting that we do stupid things, but I love that scripture that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I don't have to go crazy like everybody else is going crazy. I don't have to freak out just because everybody else is freaking out. And by the way, if I can say this, why a run on toilet paper? I I just don't get it. I mean, I could understand pasta. I could understand spaghetti sauce. I could understand some of the real essentials of life. uh, But why would you clean out the whole roll of toilet paper? It just doesn't make any sense at all, but I'm just going to kind of leave it at that. They're all wiped out of toilet paper. Anyhow, I'm sorry that was bad. Second Timothy, I was, I was arguing with myself all morning whether I should say that or not. Anyhow, you know who won. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, it says, For the which cause I also suffer these things, and nevertheless I am not ashamed. For I know, notice this, I know whom, everybody say whom. I know whom I have believed, and I am persuaded, notice that again, persuaded, uh, that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Hold fast, the Bible says, to the form of sound words uh, which thou hast heard of me in faith uh, and love which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, In a sense, what Paul is saying here or saying to Timothy is uh, we may be living in uncertain times, uh, but God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he has given us a a, a mind that is powerful. Uh, Amen. Uh, He has given us love and a sound mind. And so, in fact, as I was thinking the other day about this message and thinking about many of you, if I ask the question, how many of you or how long have you served the Lord? Many of you have served the Lord for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, maybe even more years that you have served the Lord. Brother Sam, the sound is bleeding through. Somehow you got music going there and it's bleeding through the system. And so, how long have you been serving the Lord? Can you say that He has kept you? I hope you can say that the Lord has kept you. Amen? Say amen. There you go. Power me back up. You can shut off the music, but don't shut off the microphone. Amen. In fact, it's still going, so somehow it's bleeding through. You probably just need to shut off the the, uh, laptop or whatever, but something's bleeding through. I'm sorry for the interruption, folks. But how long have you been serving the Lord? And if you've been serving the Lord for any time at all, can you say that God has kept you? Brother Duru, has God kept you? 
Amen. Sister, has God kept you? Come on, ladies, gentlemen, has God kept you? Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It could be a lot different than it is today, but God kept you. He kept you when it didn't make any sense. He kept you when everything else was going crazy. But somehow in your mind, in your heart, you had peace. I'm not saying we don't ever get frustrated or we don't ever fear. But somehow when that fear comes on us, that frustration comes on us, uh, we need to just kind of step back, step back for a moment uh, and say, look at my history. God kept me here, and God kept me there, and God kept me in that situation, and God gave me a raise when I should have been fired, uh, and God gave me a new position when everybody else was being laid off. Uh, does anybody know what I'm talking about today? That God kept you. If God was able to keep you years ago, then he is the same yesterday and today and forever. And he can keep you today. If he kept you yesterday, he can keep you today. Amen. So if you can say he's kept you, that's a great thing. Now also, I am persuaded. I'm going to say it again. I am persuaded. I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day today. Amen, somebody. It's still happening, so I don't know where it's bleeding through, but there's sound coming through right up here. Music. The psalmist, Psalms 27, verses 1 through 6, it says, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Notice this. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, they stumbled and fell. i got to stop here for just a moment. Is there anybody here that when your enemies came against you, it didn't look good? But somehow they just stumbled and fell. <laughs> Didn't make any sense. They're talking about you at work, saying all kinds of stuff about you, trying to get you fired so they can get your position or so they can get the raise that is all rightfully yours. And somehow in their conversation, they stumbled over their own tongue. Then they were out and you were up. Oh, I've been living for the Lord for some time now, and I'll tell you what, he has been faithful to me. He's never forsaken me. I've, for, I've forsaken myself a few times, but he's never forsaken me. And so I love verse 3, it says, though an host, notice this, though a host 
should camp and camp against me, my heart shall not fear. The war should rise up against me. In this will I be confident. I'm standing here today in all honesty with confidence just saying that no matter what happens, it's not going to change anyhow. Whether if I get the coronavirus and get sick, well, you know what? It's okay because my God is still the healer. I don't believe I'm going to get it. I don't believe it's going to happen. I believe it's blown way, way, way out of proportion in all honesty. I believe it plays right into all the fear mongering and everything else that's going on in our world. And if they want to go crazy about it, let them go crazy. Tomorrow morning, I'm going to get up and whether the sun shines or whether it's raining, I'm still going to serve the Lord. And I'm going to serve the Lord Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday and Sunday. Amen. You know what? They might say the world, I mean, sorry, the sky is falling, but to me, it just builds into me greater confidence that my God is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Would somebody clap your hands and give, give praise to the Lord? Verse 4 says, One thing have I desired of the Lord, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and inquire in his temple. Verse 5, I love it. For in the time of trouble he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle shall he hide me. He shall set me up upon a rock, and now shall mine head be lifted up above my mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. You know, something is fun being taller than a lot of people. For those of you that are height challenged or vertically challenged, whatever you want to call it, but it's fun when you're standing there and everybody else is down here somewhere. It, there's just something cool about it. Not that It's not a pride thing. It's just that, you know, you can see their, the tops of their heads. They're, and the, the reason it's kind of cool is because you can see more of what's going on. You can see further. Poor Sister Ellen. Even if she had like six-inch high heels, she'd still be short. Anyhow, I'm sorry, Sister Ellen. <laughs> she knows I love her. And so there's just something about when your head is lifted up above her, everything else. Because you have clarity of vision. You're not, your vision is not hindered by everything else that is in front of you. You can see above things. Now, we might be vertically challenged, but in, in the spirit realm, in the things of God, we can look beyond what everybody else is confused with. We can look beyond what everybody else is troubled with and say, you know what? I have a God that's still the healer. When Gideon and his army of 300 were facing the Midianites 
And their army, notice this, was 150,000 men. He had to learn how to trust God thoroughly. How in the world is an army of 300 going to defeat an army of 150,000? It doesn't make any sense. Elijah in the scriptures had to trust that a widow woman of whom he was sent to by the Lord would be able to provide for him. Israel had to trust the Lord that he would open the Red Sea and open the Jordan River. By faith, the scripture says, Abel offered a better sacrifice or a more excellent sacrifice unto the Lord, and the Lord accepted it. Noah built an ark, an ark, saving his family and the human race. Abraham followed God to a land of promise, a land he had never been to before. The scripture tells us that Sarah believed God and in her old age had a son, and his name was Isaac. Elisha saw an heavenly host protecting him while his servant was worried. In 2 Kings 6, 17, it says, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw, and behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire around about Elisha. That's the God I serve, I serve, and if he can do that for Elisha, he can do that for me. In fact, I believe that the very God of heaven has chariots of fire around our church today. Amen. And are protecting the people of God. God protected you on the way up to the house of God today, and he can protect you when you leave this house later on. We know that Old Testament Joseph lived under adverse circumstances. He was betrayed by his brothers. He was sold into slavery. But he was also mightily used by God in Genesis chapter 50 and verse 20. But as for you, this is what he said to his brothers, but as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. I'm going to read a few scriptures here. I believe they'll help you today. Philippians 4 and verse 19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 121, starting at 4, Behold, he that keepeth Israel shall neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is thy keeper. The Lord is thy shade upon thy right hand. The sun shall not smite thee by day nor the moon by night. The Lord shall preserve thee from all evil. Notice that all evil. He shall preserve thy soul. The Lord shall preserve thy going out and thy coming in from this time forth even forevermore. Psalm 61 and 2. From the ends of the earth will I cry unto thee when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to a rock that is higher than I. 2 Timothy 1 and 12. For the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not a 
ashamed, for I know whom I believe, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I committed unto him against that day. So, church, I have great confidence that the Lord will not fail us. I believe that he promised us that he would not forsake us, that he would not leave us. I stand in that promise, just like Job of old, who suffered great loss, and was and, and he made a very incredible statement one day in Job chapter 13 and verse 15. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. Though he slay me, yet will I trust him. There's something about Job's faith that said, I know it looks bad. In fact, it looks worse than bad. In fact, he said, it feels worse than bad sitting in this pile of ashes, scraping my skin with a piece of broken pottery. It looks terrible. It feels terrible. But he said, though though he might slay me, I will not stop serving him. I'm going to trust him. I believe that there are people in this house today that have that same kind of trust in God. But And yes, we may go through things, but yet God is still able to keep us. He's able to love us. He's able to heal us. He's able to set us free. That's the God we serve. God is not asleep. I said God is not asleep. And so people today ride on trains. Freight is shipped all over the world, all over America, based on a Roman chariot and based on the size of a horse's rear end. I refuse to allow my faith to stand on my present circumstances. I refuse to allow my faith to stand on the condition of the world and what's going on around me. My faith is not, and if you're a doctor or a nurse, God bless you and thank God for you, but my faith is not in the medical community. It's in the one that created these human bodies. He molded us out of the dust of the ground. And what he made, he can fix. And he can do a lot better job at fixing it than we can. One of our sisters who was not able to be here this morning, Sister Margarita, she texted me this morning and she said, uh, because if, if, if any of you know uh, that a few weeks ago, a couple weeks ago I guess it was, uh, the doctor said that she had breast cancer. They did a test that said that she had breast cancer. She texted me this morning and said, uh, I am healed. Uh, they tested me and I have no breast cancer. But then she went beyond that and said, those heart palpitations that I've been having for some time, they've been gone now for two weeks. I haven't had any palpitations in my heart. That's the God I serve. I say, that's the God I serve. He is the healer. He is the Savior. He's able to do great things that go beyond anything we can comprehend, anything, anything we can think. 
And by the way, if I can say it, and, and I want her to testify it hopefully next week uh, if she can, uh, but I remember years ago when she first started coming to our church uh, and she was sitting right over there. I remember when she came up to us uh, and said, I am pregnant, uh, but they have told me that I have cancer and they have told me I need to abort this child uh, that is in my womb. Uh, I remember the Sunday we laid hands on her head uh, and prayed for her uh, and it if any of you have seen her little tod- not toddler, her young lady daughter walking around the church, that's a miracle of God because God healed her back then and that baby is alive and well today because we stood upon something that the, that the society doesn't understand and doesn't comprehend and what the doctors can't fully receive. But God was able to heal her and her child is alive and well. I just use that as an example today. I could use many of your testimonies of how God delivered you, set you free, how God changed your life, how God blessed your job situation, even under the most adverse circumstances. That's the God we serve, and he's a good God. I love what Don, what David said in the Psalms, uh, Psalm 37, 25. He says, I have been young, and now I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Uh, our faith, listen to this, saints, uh, our faith is not dependent upon what is happening around us. I don't want to go through trouble. I don't want to go through hardship, and neither do you. But I love what it says in Romans 8.28. It says, for we know that all things work together for, to good for them who love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. And I just happen to believe that God's not finished with me yet. And God's not finished with you yet. And God has a great work for our church that is going to blow our minds. It's going to set our world upon fire because we are people of faith and believe that God is just able to do what his word promises that he says he will do. We need to look up, church, for our redemption draws nigh. We need to look up because we have faith as a child of God that he's able to keep what I've committed to him. We need to lift up holy hands without wrath and without doubting because great is our God and I will not fear what this world can do to me. And for those of you that might need to hear it, he will never leave you. I feel like I need to talk to somebody right now. I think I know who it is. I'm not going to embarrass you, but someone here today at some time, I believe it's right now actually, uh, may, maybe before you came to service this morning, but you have felt abandoned by the Lord. I need to remind you that the Lord will not leave you. Even when it looks bad, even when it, even when it seems at times your prayers are hitting a cement ceiling and bouncing right back down at you, he hears every single prayer. In fact, I was thinking about this the other day. Not only does he hear your current prayers, but he hears all your past prayers, and he can heal them at the same hear the, hear them at the same time. Brother Duru, if God keeps if God is able to keep my tears in a bottle, then He's able to remember my prayers. 
And so the prayers you prayed 10 years ago are still being prayed today because God still hears them. And I, I, I hope you receive it because he will never, the Bible says, never leave us. Philippians 1 and 6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. In other words, it's going to happen until the time he comes back for the church. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I don't know when the Lord is going to come back. I would rather sooner than later, amen, even so come Lord Jesus. But I don't know when he's coming back. But he can keep me until that time. And he can keep you until that time. So should I be concerned? Yes. But I don't believe we need to worry ourselves into a stroke. We need to be wise about things. But we also need to have faith. My faith and your faith is built upon the creator of the universe. And he can and will keep you. If you will trust in his goodness, the world could be falling around us, but he is still faithful. In fact, he is forever faithful. Could our musician come, please? And so I just felt I needed to preach this morning a message of faith to help you to understand that God is in control. I am not a prophet of doom. I'm a pro- if I call myself a prophet at all, which I'm not, uh, I would like to prophesy that my God uh, is able to still do everything uh, that his word said he could ever do. He can still do it today. And I put my trust in him. I can't put my trust in my bank account. I can't put my trust in my job. But I can put my trust in the one who built all of this. Would you stand with me this morning? I'm not sure how we're going to really close the service. We've already had people come to the altar for special prayer, and and the altar will be open, but we're going to sing and worship the Lord. I, I, I hope somebody here in the closing moments of this service will just rejoice in the Lord and lift up his name and give him honor. Yes, uh, I understand the signs of the times. I understand what's going on around us. But I also know that God has never failed me yet. He has never failed me, and I don't believe he's ever going to start failing me because he's good. And all of you know that. You're here today because you know that. You've already experienced the goodness, the grace, the mercy, and love of God. That's why you're here today. So let's sing. We're going to open the altar if anybody does want to pray. Otherwise, we'll sing. Be praised. If you need us to pray for you this morning, we'll be glad to do so. Sing unto the Lord. He is worthy to be praised. I will sing unto the Lord. This is holy. I will sing. You are righteous. You are magnificent. You are the 
victorious, you are mighty, you are omnipotent, there is none that can compare, I come to bless your name. Sister Marie, come on up here and lead us in this. Worthy to 